work in China. Um, we, you know, we did a lot of study on China, business leaders and stuff there um, about six years ago. And, you know, China has 2 billion plus people, you know, and you think about all of the, um, the next um, largest population, um, India. So we're looking at all the different, you know, uh, major countries, but still we have the largest um, economy still, right? But China's right, you know, at nipping at our heels. And so one of the things that we spent a lot of time researching and discussing is there's actually a population shortage, even in China. Yeah. So um, where, where China is spending a lot of money buying up Africa. So everyone's like, China has, I mean, they have literally financed like, I mean, billions and billions and billions and built infrastructure and all these kind of things in Africa. But one of the reasons they've done that, it's not that they love African people, they could care less. <laughs> the reason is the African continent has the youngest population. The average age in that continent is 15. Wow. So they're looking at the future workforce they are investing, of course, the workforce and also, you know, having access to the rich uh, minerals. But the right. number one thing that we learned from those, you know, those people in power in China was like, yeah, we, we need them working because eventually China want to be like we are. You see right. how we outsource stuff and they do yeah. it. They want to yeah. outsource stuff to, to Africa and then their people can be more wealthy. So they're building, you know, they're building they're way along, way further along than most people realize. Um, but they're building that legacy and, you know, uh, China and Africa becoming that kind of, you know, joint, almost, you know, partner where they're, they're really joining forces. That's going to be extremely powerful. So I don't know how long we can maintain, you know, our advantage when they have the resources and, in terms of people and of course you know the other rich resources but people and we tend to forget this in this in this country a lot of times is that people are your most valuable asset people yeah. and uh, we tend to forget that here yeah yeah i it is i i, I don't know what the i I don't have a lot of good insight, I must admit, into kind of what that world is going to look like in even 20 or 30 years when it comes to um, not only who is kind of the superpowers of the world, but like, uh -huh. what are the, what's the kind of business superpower like look like? As yeah. far as, mm -hmm. it, is it going to be something where like, is the Chinese model going to be something that is super successful um mm -hmm. over you know generations and generations where they they, they are so top heavy as far as government oh man and funded so like and all this kind of stuff. yeah and so every every choice is kind of driven that way and i'm it's falsely created it's not necessarily demand like they conjure up their own demand so it's really kind of, so I, I, I had a chance to, of course, after being there for uh, several weeks, see several of their ghost cities. 
And I mean, these places are beautiful, but basically, I mean, um, high rises, luxury high rises and with swimming pools and all this. And it's completely, no one lives there. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, It's like, it's so many of those. Um, And it's, and, and so, you know, of course I asked questions and luckily we were in a safe, uh, I think we signed maybe one NDA, maybe two with companies. And it doesn't matter because that's, you know, about company secrets. But this part right here, we had a chance to like actually speak to officials on like, I, I had the question, like, why are you doing this? You know, like, um, yeah. what is the what is the main purpose? And it's like to keep people employed. And so yeah. they create projects and, you know, people are able to get paid and then it drives their economy. But I'm like, yeah, but then you have wasted resources as far as like that sitting there, but they're expecting their population to, to grow, you know, um, they, you know, cut out the one child law, you know, right. um, you know, and those kind of things. It's going to take time, but they just feel as if they're preparing for the future. They have this long-term strategy where a lot of the ways we do business is very short-term. Like you can even look Mm -hmm. at the stock market, right? (laughs) So, you know, we do, but they have this master plan strategy that clearly, you know, they're not sharing with us, but (laughs) you can see the work that they're doing and you're like, I don't know. Um, they know something or they working on something. They have a plan that we're certainly not involved in, but. Yeah, it that part is because I have a fairly strong belief in like um, emergent order, or like this idea that like mm-hmm. is master plans for mm-hmm. things like nation states is dumb. It just doesn't work and it, you need to be able to find uh, strange new things popping up, uh, magically here and there. And that is how those things will start to then turn into something that is a plan from the bottom up instead of the top down. But China makes you, makes you wonder if you're wrong. (laughs) And that that makes you kind of scratch your head. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like all I've been taught and what all I kind of, a lot of the things I believe in that kind of aspect, I feel like in some ways are, it's easy to be top down when you're you know, stealing ideas or, uh-huh. or concepts mm-hmm. from the bottom up people. But, mm-hmm. you know, at some point it's not going to be that like they, they, they have evolved past like this idea that, you know, everything is, is created IP or whatever it might be from other places yeah. that they, they then create. Mm-hmm. I, I was, was it a book I was reading? I don't know, but it was this idea. Um, I think it probably was a book I was reading. Now that I think about it, but, um, what what you know part of the story of what happened to the failure of dell was that they um they kept outsourcing more and more of their production um to Mm -hmm. specifically i think asus so the idea was like they were doing asus will say doing the motherboard for their computer and then they came to him and said well you're doing that that's that worked well for you why don't we now do you know component x you know mm-hmm. processor or whatever it might be until the fact of the matter was they did all the components for dell and they just said well we now know how to do all this stuff we'll just do our own mm-hmm. and and we'll quit doing it for dell and dell now has no partner who, who builds their tools or builds their computers for them and they know how to do all their stuff because they've been building all their tools and tooling for them mm-hmm. for you know, 10 years or something like this. And so this is just becomes yeah. this huge shift. And that's kind of mm-hmm. 
like that on a kind of broader scale, I think is some of what happens with, with this stuff is like you, other nation states can be like, well, this works well over here and this works well over here. That was always one of my big mm-hmm. beliefs of immigration into the United States was such a great thing was because you got to take other people's ideas and they just uh-huh. came to you and said, this is how we do it over here. And this mm-hmm. it, now we mix it in with what you're doing here and you got something really cool. Um, and, but, and we've definitely proven that right in this country yeah because yeah, most that, of the that, big tech companies are by immigrant children mm-hmm. and that, that's and that part was so cool i thought it was just such a, yeah. it, it's that's unfortunate that that's like um mm-hmm. in some ways now but it, that, that yeah part is- we got to get it together it's hard <laughs> to try to avoid that conversation but um we definitely have to get it together and i think we will i'm hopeful and um and I think that um, in the in the tech world, especially, there are so many um, like untapped founders and even repeat founders who um, some were born here, some weren't. Um, some of them are massively rich, and they're gonna fight fight this because they have the money to do it, and it's just gonna be one of those things that other people are gonna benefit from. So you know, just like they're benefiting from the civil rights movement of black people. Like that's why the immig- immigrants are even able to have, you know, the, the rights and things that they have because mm-hmm. it was all lumped together. Right. And um, I think that, you know, many of them are taking the torch and they're, they're going to keep moving forward, you know, with trying to maintain this openness of sharing of ideas. Now, how it works out in the end, I have no idea, but I'm hopeful. That's all I can say now. Yeah. I'm yeah, I, I am too. There's, it's, it's been a hopeful couple of weeks. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of the even the all that you know, COVID news has just been kind of besides the, the actual COVID's really bad, but the the um, Pfizer stuff and all that kind of stuff is just a really cool, mm-hmm. exciting possibility. Um, and it's also kind of this is a really cool idea of how you know, business and and government kind of work together to can work us. together mm-hmm. yeah. can so, work together mm-hmm. let's hope let's hope that works <laughs> you know let's it, hope that will. it will i'm looking forward to the economy turning around and, and back to your point um earlier about like trying to sell you know during the pandemic or really the um, economic downturn so i was you know always when i'm speaking with someone there's two there's two ways to look at this. And it's always one or the other. It's never in between during really great economic times of growth and prosperity. Companies are looking to purchase things that will help them make more money like that. So of course that's going to be your narrative, but when the economy contracts, their focus is on they'll buy things that'll help them save money. So you have to change your narrative. Even if it does help them make money, you can change that to, to describe how it helps them save money. And there's no in between. So you look, that's, that's part of like, you know, reading the room, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like what is happening and then you have to, and then you, you change your narrative and it's, and it's not that difficult to do, but you have to read the room and then if you, you got to spend some time, of course, thinking about it um, and, if, and, and knowing where we stand right now, and particularly in your industry, 
Now, industries right now that are making money hand over fist, they still want to know how we can, you know, right. monetize off of this situation and make more money. Um, for everybody else, they want to know how can I save money? And saving money doesn't mean they won't spend money. They'll just spend money on things that help them save money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, reading the room, oftentimes, I think I'm always surprised how few people actually just ask the question. So like, what is your goal with mm -hmm. this conversation? And I've, I've always found that to be a, a simple but blunt, like, way to get to the answer of that exactly. So the idea of is, are, are you here because you're trying to use this tool to help us make more money or help you make more money? Then I can talk to you about how that happens. Hmm. Are you trying to save money? I can give you some examples of how you can use this tool to do that. Are you looking to document um, cleaning patterns so you can sh share with the world uh, your, your COVID ready or whatever it might be? I can tell you how to do that. I mean, it's just, if you go in selling what you think they want, instead of asking them what they actually want. Just ask. Um, there you go, <laughs> yeah. just ask. Yeah, you don't even have to read it at that point. There's no like, <laughs> there's no tea leaves. There's no like, like no symbols or signs. It's just, they, they'll tell you. It's, a, it's amazing how much stuff people tell you if you ask them. I mean, from mm -hmm. down to what's your budget to all these kind of things are just like mm -hmm. simple sales 101 type things but so many people never ask so they never get to the point where it's valuable or they they don't get to the point where they understand what they should be talking talking to the person about right that's in alignment with those person's goals not what mm -hmm. your goal is yeah you know um the sales and marketing conversation so sometimes they'll say one thing in the sales conversation but then like their marketing is not in alignment with that. Like they, they have to like, it has to be aligned because people look you up and, you know, search everything before they typically do before the meeting or before they talk to you. But if you're selling to them, you can look at the same thing. So mm -hmm. I tell people, I'm like, well, look and see, go to their website and look at any press releases they've done. Look at their, go to the SEC's website and Go into Egger if they're and not Egger includes some private companies too, um, you know, and look at their 10Ks and look at the, the releases they've done with 8Ks and see what's important to them um, and be able to speak to that. And those things are free. Like you don't need a subscription to Gartner. Um, you know, I, I try to help them find things free to just do some quick research. And of course. You scope out everybody's LinkedIn page, like, right. of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> you look yeah. at their media kits, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. It's funny, uh, a fun, a fun story from years ago now, it's probably 2005. Um, I, we, we had a blog for, for years and years and years, and especially early on, on, on the blog, it was written with an assumption that nobody read it to a detriment yeah. to us, but it was like, like, cause we just, there's no feedback. I mean, we just like friends would comment on it. Um, and, um, it really was, I mean, I, I think it was a great, I'm very proud of it. Not from like the quality of the work, but it did show the personality of the company. Mm -hmm. And, um, but what was also funny about it was I, I remember writing a post, like when I first started getting into like, a little bit into co coffee snobbery 
And I was like, oh, I, can't, I, I can't drink Folgers anymore or something like that. And I was just like, this is a silly post. But then I went to a sales call and the guy said, I'd offer you a cup of coffee, but I've got Folgers. I know you don't drink that anymore. And I was like, somebody actually read my blog. <laughs> and so we, it was it was a really fun conversation after that because he had like done his research. He had, uh-huh. he had, he had read through a blog mm-hmm. that was like, oh, that's kind of embarrassing to, to imagine actually people re- read that. And, but but he knew exactly what he was getting when he when he called on us too. So yeah. Um, I don't remember if I made that sale or not, but it was, <laughs> it was the first time. Um, the second, the second one was, I remember I, we, we were, we had a very much a love hate relationship with traditional ad agencies. Mm-hmm. We just went on a rant about one of them one time. And then they, in your blog. Yeah. Oh, you know, snap. We okay. Weren't, we weren't smart. <laughs> I just, again, it just was an assumption that nobody was reading. Uh, and then like they emailed, I was like, why are you saying such mean things about us? And I was like, oh my God, you read wow. even, I'm sorry. I didn't even think about it. It was just like oh, us being, goodness. it was just us being like these like, you know, punk kids. Like it was not even an assumption that other people, especially people that I thought were like much bigger than us. But uh, it, that, that, that turned into actually some business from them. They are. They're like, all right, well, then you come and tell us how to do web better. Because And that was, I think, the, the, the gist of the rant was a lot of traditional agencies were still at that time. Not to understand the web and treated um, web people as like, like a, a printer or something like that, a contractor that was not in the creative fields. And it was very frustrating to us. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, well, you know what? I'm, I'm always surprised at who reads and listens to stuff because... Back when social media, especially was, you know, in the early days, people actually would comment and like, and it was more engagement. Now they realize, Hey, I could just scroll through and kind of just, you know, and just observe and not, you know, put myself out there. And it has to be something that makes someone really happy or really angry, (laughs) you know, for them to do something, or they're trying to raise their visibility because the post will help you know, display their subject matter expertise. So it's kind of like everyone has learned how to play the game. And so it's not as fun anymore uh, when it comes Mm -hmm. to that, as far as engagement. So I really wish, I mean, I like blogs. I don't think I've ever commented, maybe three times in my life, I've commented on other people's blogs, but I read them and they wouldn't know that, you know? You just well, wouldn't that, know because nobody's commenting. Right. Yeah, well, that, that was, that's certainly the case now. Like nobody's commenting. Like you mm-hmm. said, it's, it's, it's gotten too, way too involved. I mean, yeah. that's also back to the tracking thing. Like back in the early days, at the best, you had like this little thing that was like a web counter at the bottom of your page. Uh-huh, I remember like, those. Look at, all, look at all these people that are coming to my site. Um, and then you could like get some server traffic when it came to like the amount of bandwidth that was being used and all these kind of things. But you, you had no concept of like, you know, all the geolocated, uh, mm-hmm. referral link, all these kind of things that were, were the, the, the thing of, of kind of even early web traffic, like before, for a long time, you didn't know any of that stuff. So you're, you're going yeah. blind and just assuming if no one, yeah. if, if no one commented on it, no one read it. Um, and then if no one shared it or reposted it or did all these kind of things and no one read it. Um, but you'd be, it, you'd be surprised. And you know, the crazy thing about the blog stuff is also it kind of all those things live for a lot longer than you expect. So like, sure um, it does. 
you'd be still shows up in that search engine. Uh, we, Jim, who was a partner, business partner of mine, wrote this long post years ago about um, like it's a very specific thing that is, if you know Jim, makes a lot of sense, which is um, how how much propane's in a 10, 10 gallon propane tank and how you how they're cheating you at like Home Depot or something like that. Um, okay. I don't remember the exact post, but it was something like that. Like he did uh-huh. all these like tests and like weighed it and, and, and said, if you can go to this other place, cause they'll fill it up. Mm-hmm. And um, it got thousands of views of traffic each month for wow. a decade. Probably. Whoa. Probably still, I mean, it's, I mean, the website's still up I mean, we don't yeah. do business, but it's still up. He probably still gets, and it's just people that people ask him the most random questions about propane in those comments. Still, it, it's it's the weirdest blog post, uh, <laughs> uh, and and I, it's just like th- those things, you know, they still work. <laughs> so they do. There, it, it was pre like to have a business model around that. Like these people now who are like a YouTube celebrity who like hits a really big thing and gets 10 million views on a thing they can make a lot of money off of it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't think he yeah. made a dime off this. But there's so I don't know if that's really his interest is propane tanks, but there is <laughs> no. a niche for everything. <laughs> I, I spoke with the um with the marketer who focuses, they sell a small part um or parts to welders for their machinery. And he was like, oh, it's a huge welding community on Instagram. And I was like, there is a hashtag and a niche for everything. And this is a multi-million dollar company, you know, that only sells to welders. And they use a podcast um, and they use um, Instagram. And I forgot the other channel. You know, welders are not on LinkedIn, you know. Oh, <laughs> YouTube, YouTube, that's it. Yeah. So they do like demonstrations and talk about the parts and all that stuff on YouTube and very, very successful company. And so, you know, I, I, I would hope that in this day and age where everyone is promoting entrepreneurship, I know that we, we only accept, you know, scalable technologies at ATDC and some other um, incubators and accelerators accept other types of businesses you know, that are not advanced technology per se, but entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship. If you're mm-hmm. willing to provide value and sell, you're in business. Let's, you know, <laughs> you got something people mm-hmm. want to buy, you're in business. So get in where you fit in, as they say. <laughs> yeah, I, I just saw an article this week. Um, I can't remember the platform. It's, it's one of these question answering platforms. And this guy used to own a RV shop and he closed the RV shop and he went on this platform and and now for eight to 12 hours a day answers questions about RV repair. And he says he's making $20,000 a month doing that. Yep. And so he says, you know, I don't have to run a shop and do all this other kind of stuff. And I just get to hustle this way. And there's a lot of questions to be answered Mm -hmm. and I just keep answering them. And I make enough money, $20,000 a month answering RV repair questions is an oh, ton of money. I've heard of, I've, listen, I've heard of <laughs> weirder, stranger things, trust me. And that's not even weird or strange, but um, one of the things we predicted, and when I say we, I'm talking about kind of like my MBA classmates and, you know, some friends of, friends of mine, 
that's weird. Why are we even talking about business stuff all the time? Right. But we're always, you know how you have that group that that's what mm-hmm. y'all vibe about. And so we were, um, we had predicted about seven years ago, eight years ago, that the future is actually service-based businesses because a lot of things are being automated. You can't automate everything, especially when it comes to people. So, you know, um, everyone thinks, oh, AI will take care of, you know, those who need, you know, therapy, counseling, mental health. No, people want to talk to people. And if you'll notice those, those types of, um, degrees and certifications are actually increasing. Um, you know, even down to, wow, it's, it's so many different things, but even down to like businesses that, that help individuals do, you know, manual things that those kind of businesses are actually very fruitful. And sometimes, especially in this day and age, whereas, you know, the internet, a lot of people just kind of want to DIY it. And so if you're that person who has built a brand on knowing, um, information about a certain niche or thing. I mean, 20,000 is, is easy to make in a month between consulting and digital things that are scalable, digital courses or downloads or whatever that is. I mean, that's been going on for years. And I think that through the boom of tech and everyone's focus on chasing VCs and like having a tech enabled or a tech business, which most of these businesses that are tech or tech enabled aren't even qualified, you know, they don't even qualify for venture capital um, or venture capitalists will waste their time because they, they're looking for a bigger opportunity. Right. You know, just again, get in where you fit, in. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, may not be, you know, venture capital grade, but you can easily become a multimillionaire especially if those people right now are building their brands. Gary Vaynerchuk was a nobody, you know, however mm-hmm. many years ago. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of the folks that we know now was just, you know, people were like, what they ranting about, you know? <laughs> yeah. He knows everything. Right. But here we go, you know, 10, 15 years later, he's the man and he commands, you know, 100,000 to come on your stage for 30 minutes. How yeah. about that, right? <laughs> so you know, I think, <laughs> I think that some people get it and we understand that, but services is the future when it comes to individual business owners, you know, just every day. I, I think that I agree. I think that's right. I don't, I don't see how that you, like, there's things that are going to be automated out of existence, but that doesn't mean that everything is going to be automated out of mm-hmm. existence. And 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 so I, I think it it frees up other people to be able to do more with their with their skill set. Their talent. Yeah. yeah. So I may be able to go on Amazon and buy any outfit or piece of clothing I want. But guess what? I don't know how to put together stuff. Right. right? And you can have an app and all this, but that app is not gonna tell me, oh, that looks good on your skin cone. Oh, cinch your waist like that. Like that's a person that's yeah. going to do that. So even though I can order it off of Amazon or order it offline, because there is a, a few very successful um, um, like wardrobe designers, people that I've met in the, in the startup community, that that's what they do full time. They help people put themselves together and select their wardrobes and, you know, what to wear for what occasion and what colors look best on them. 
um, and they're consulted anytime these people have an event or, I mean, it adds up. And this is these people's lifestyle um, because Amazon can make recommendations or, you know, they have, you know, recommendation tools and all of that. But I need a person to give me that, that um, confidence and that um, let me know, oh, no, you don't look fat in that. <laughs> you know? The F is not going to tell me that. <laughs> well, it should just always say that if it does. I mean, that should just be the, the default answer for all things with the app. But yeah, right. I mean, it's all, all those things like, I mean, you know, mental health, the, mm -hmm. you, you don't have to, you, you can go, there's plenty of these services now where you can go and, you know, talk to any number of counselors online. Online. You don't have to be in the same city. You don't have to get in the car. You don't have to worry about putting on that. You know, all these things that are like, especially nowadays. Yeah. There, there's technology and they're technology enabled. Mm -hmm. But like you said, are that? I think there's probably some people whose business thinks that that's going to turn into AI at some point. But I don't. Mm -hmm. That's not. That's not in my lifetime. That's not yeah. the case. Yeah. And and so um, I uh, yeah I, I think it just there, there's a lot of places where we can that this the the person who does the services or the that kind of stuff can use technology to get to mm -hmm. a large, much larger group of people mm -hmm. and that that is part that is still the part that's great about um, it um, is it is know, technology like i i didn't i ha i've had to teach myself some like video editing stuff over this quarantine just to do some stuff for atdc mm -hmm. i never wanted to do anything in video editing i've never i've never taken a class in it i've 100 mm -hmm. youtube trained anything i know how to do i know because somebody chose to produce a video on YouTube and, and hope that they could make a little bit of money on advertising revenue. So yeah. I, I think that kind of stuff is, is really cool. And, um, me too. That, that is a, a, a pro of tech. Yeah. And I think increasingly we're buying and, and selling the services that we need to each other. So, um, Today, this I love this reporter. Her name is Lauren Thomas, and she's with CNBC. And we always vibe about the retail industry, retail tech, and all that on LinkedIn. And she's always like the first to break certain news. And I'm like, Lauren, how do you find this stuff out? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> she's like, Oh, I'm so glad it appears to be that way, you know, because I'm constantly <laughs> on my on my toes. But she she shared the article today that said, you know, the future of retail is live streaming. And if a retailer is not live streaming by, I think they had 2025, then you're going to be out of business. And That's I, awesome. and I, and I, and I, um, chimed in on the article, on the, um, comment, I said, Oh, small business has been doing this at least since the early <laughs> of Periscope. Like they sell everything from candles to clothes, to courses, to, I mean, house cleaning this one lady. I remember, um, and I used to, Periscope was like my Queeby, right? Before there was a Queeby. <laughs> and um, this woman, she used to hula hoop on Periscope and show how you could lose weight doing it. So she used to sell hula hooping classes and hula hoops. <laughs> and this was like, if it's 2020 now, this was like 2014, 2015. That's that was years ago. So I'm like, okay, so, you know, small business owners, People like you and I, Adam, who who just like, hey, I, I, this is how I want to make money, and we spin something up, and we settle it, and we we sell it, and we move forward with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like these corporations feel like it has to be this big production. 
that's not the world we live in anymore. Yeah. And so I, I, I said, and you know, small businesses have been doing this, selling everything from soaps to candles to whatever, but you know, retailers can't do it, but I, I'd like to see how they actually do it because live streaming, you have to have a connection with those mm -hmm. that are watching and you can't do this QVC style kind of selling. Like nobody wants to see that. That's funny. That was the first thing I thought of was like Macy's having a QVC type stream wow. going on and that would be just a mess, wouldn't it? It would be. And, I mean, so what they're going to end up doing is I would imagine is they, they buy a personality. They buy somebody who is doing it and has their own following and their own personality and they become the you know, the person who does that for them or something like that for a while. Uh, influencers. I mean, yeah, we've been exactly. doing this. This is yeah. not like, that's the thing. I, I just, I've always disappointed, it, especially with retailers. I, I say retailers and in real estate because real estate is so far behind. They just won't adopt anything new because they're like, why well, change it? It works. Cause it's like, it's inefficient. That's why. <laughs> and, the, and people's behaviors have changed and you don't hold the keys to all of the inventory. People can now sell their own house, right? They get their own lockbox. They don't need you. So, you know, it's just like those kind of things, but I'm always just disappointed that, that they just don't, get it and then when they do get it they think they invented it and it's this big thing <laughs> but all this underground stuff if you pay attention to periscope and um instagram you know and even you know youtube as well this stuff i mean the the, the true creators the true innovators are those small business owners because they have to know how to make a dollar out of 15 cents they have to know how to make their mortgage you know next month and they come up with I mean, I've met the most intelligent people over live stream. Mm, that's not the truth. And uh, small business, I, I, you know, we are, you're right. We, we work for a company who's, you know, focused on these high growth technology companies. And I, there, it's a lot of fun to do that. It's a lot of fun to work with them. And I think there's mm -hmm. obviously a ton of value created by that. Mm -hmm. But like, at the same time, like, I remember meeting with somebody who, um, ran a single gas station and they were trying to start a, a second company online and I was meeting with them and they gave us a cup of coffee and uh, at the gas station and we were talking over the coffee and at the end we said, thank you for the coffee. Um, and he said, not a problem. It cost me seven cents a cup. He knew exactly how much every cup of coffee in his, exactly. in his store makes. And that is something that yeah. like that level of knowledge about the working order of your business. I only see it at a small business level and, and it is an encouragement to those who are striving for something else is to be able to understand, you know, all, every aspect of your business, like someone like that understands that aspect of your business. That is so, I mean, I just, I'm so excited by that story. <laughs> I'm totally, I totally vibe with that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, and, and you know, I, I also say that a lot of these tech startups are nothing but small businesses, when, uh, uh, you, know, when, you know, and so, you know, they have to do things and they have to think like they're a small business. Like they, they obviously are trying to grow to something different, but at, yeah. right now you might be two co-founders. What do you, what do you mean? You can't, you can't do this or you can't do that, or you're too busy to, to, mm -hmm. you know, post something on LinkedIn. That's what, what else is your, what else are you doing? That's like, <laughs> these are things that you need to get done. <laughs>